Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. And we're also located in the Village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, right across the street from my favorite store, Winkies. We're now able to service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Go ahead and visit our website at ellenbecker.com for more details. If you uh, stop on our website, you're going to see the various events and some educational um, segments and um, paragraphs that hopefully you can enjoy. I am extremely excited to welcome Peter Ludwig and Adela Schicker um, to the show today, and they are authors that have uh, written this great book called The End of Procrastination, and the reason we thought this book would be so timely this time of year is whether you're talking about January or the middle of the year or the end of the year, it's oftentimes when people re- uh, revisit those New Year resolutions And they look at their life goals and they think, all right, what's holding me back? And uh, oftentimes uh, people procrastinate. And we're going to learn a little bit of what procrastination is and what it is not. But before we get into our content, I want to give Peter and Adele an opportunity to introduce themselves as well as share a little bit about their background and what inspired them to write this great book. So welcome to the show, Adela and Peter. And I'm not sure who wants to go first, but um, share a little bit about your background. Hey, Jean. Uh, I got to start. Um, well, I started my first business when I was uh, at the age of 19 years old. And uh, in the time, I had a small team of, of five to ten people. And all of us, you are like huge procrastinators. And in this time, I had a um, medical medical issue. Uh, I was playing basketball, and something really bad uh, happened in my brain. And after a couple of minutes, half my body was completely paralyzed. And in this moment, I uh, experienced something that is called near-death experience. And it really changed my life because uh, I survived that without any uh, side effects. But that was one of the strongest moments in my life. And it was the beginning of uh, my uh, my journey to find a way how to fight procrastination because uh, in that moment I realized that uh, I really want to live to the fullest. I don't want to waste my time by stupid things like watching uh, some uh, TV shows, uh, doing um, meaningless stuff. So that was the beginning of my journey. And after many years, I decided to uh, write a book about that because I think that uh, all of us, we time to time struggle with procrastination and a lot of our uh, our time is wasted somewhere. And uh, we should really focus on what is important, find meaning in life. And uh, th- that was my beginning. So, 
Wow. Yeah, and, um, that was almost like we, a life altering oh, yeah. um, experience. And boy, you saw a fork in the road and um, it made you really reflect on what you just went through and the years to come and what that could mean for you. So thank you for sharing that. Adele, I know you were going to jump in. Share a little bit about your background. Well, for me, it was it was a little bit of a different different story. I was always the person who didn't procrastinate, but I was lacking something called the, the real vision. I always traveled. I studied in international schools. I literally worked my battle, but I was missing the purpose at work. And so I came through, um, well, I would call that a massive burnout. And I actually met Peter around the same time. And he, I read his book. I, I, uh, I talked about what he does, what he does for his clients. And then I realized that that's the real vision I have in life and something that I really want to do. That was the purpose of work that I was missing. So, you know, some people procrastinate their time and they just, they just do what, uh, whatever it's, they, they're, 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 they're watching TV shows and they're, they're postponing everything. I was not postponing things, but I was postponing the real purpose. And so that's how we somehow got together and that's how the book was born. Yeah, and uh, it was like five years ago, and now we are here in New York, and for us it's very incredible to uh, have the book here. The book was uh, translated in 10 languages already, so uh, it's amazing for us. It's, it's uh, like uh, living a dream. Well, you know, s- since you shared your past, I thought I'd um, share with our listeners a little bit on mine. And it's funny when you think of procrastination and where you are today and where you came from. I I can uh, remember in high school not really knowing what I wanted to do when I uh, grew up. And um, in August, a friend of mine said, you know, you should really go to the same college I'm going to. Imagine the parties we could go to together and imagine the fun we could have. So I was the kid who never really took an ACT or an SAT. I remember standing in a big line, probably taking something called a placement test to really determine the courses that I um, should sign up for my freshman year. That was the middle of August, and school started in September. So you can see I kind of procrastinated. And uh, what's interesting is I have a 17-year-old now that doesn't know what she wants to be when she grows up. I do see procrastination in her. And it's funny, your book clearly um, states that procrastination is not laziness, and we'll talk about that Um, a little later in the segment. But what's interesting, as I reflect on my life, I never really chose this career. And I tell that to my daughter. My life morphed into what it is today just from the life experiences and and the opportunities that were placed in front of me. So as much as I procrastinated procrastinated trying to determine what I want to do, um, you know, it is kind of interesting how life kind of takes a journey on its own, just like Peter had mentioned his journey, starting with the um, health crisis. And Adela, yeah. yeah, your journey with the burnout, where I just, I never really thought about it. I let life happen. And you're right, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit uh, later today, is all about the social media and all the distractions and the static. So um, I'm going to approach the subject um, because you introduced this very early in the book that procrastination is not um, laziness. Tell me a little bit what made you um, identify that. 
is because um, lazy people they are happy if they do nothing. So, but procrastination is always uh, connected with negative emotions, like you are stressed, uh, you feel anxiety. So procrastination is always connected with negative emotions. But lazy people they are just happy to do nothing. So that's the main main uh, difference. And uh, procrastination has two main uh, causes. Like first is what we describe as a lack of uh, motivation and lack, lack of purpose. And the second is lack of willpower. Like you know what to do, but you cannot force yourself to really start. And uh, those two main topics uh, are like two main chapters of the book. And um, for me, it's very uh, nicely described in one Japanese uh, proverb because uh, I really like Japanese culture and you can really find some interesting uh, advices in uh, Japanese old sayings and uh, this proverb follows like um, vision without action is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare and this quote really describes uh, two main problems uh, people uh, usually have like uh, the first part of the quote vision without action and many people they have uh, some dreams they really want to do something they really want to start to run but they never force themselves to really start they don't have uh, an action that's the first problem and the second is action without vision like that's uh, the problem if someone is working uh, in a big corporation but see no uh, meaning in you know, what he does. Uh, it's a lack of uh, meaning in life, and uh, action without vision is a nightmare. It's uh, much worse. And we have a data, we have a lot of research on, uh, on the fact that uh, less meaning you have, more depressed you are. So, and the key to happiness is, and the key to fight procrastination is uh, quite simple. You need both. You need vision, like to come up uh, to the idea of what really you want in life. And you need to have an action. You need to have a willpower to really start to stick to your habits and so on. So uh, for us, this uh, Japanese proverb is a key uh, not only to fight procrastination, but it's a key to find uh, kind of long-term happiness and satisfaction in life. Well, before we break, I just want to talk. The first couple chapters that I read, I did want to reflect on what I have seen with clients, with family, and um, with um, students is the, the whole mental health aspect of anxiety and procrastination and not having that vision. So it's interesting, when I was reading the first couple chapters, I thought of it um, in, in that aspect. And I'm going to touch a little bit in our next segment because you touched on corporations and those employees and when they're great at doing a, a job, but they lost their vision and their role. So um, we've kind of given everybody a little insight on our great conversation t uh, today with that. Um, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. And again, we're talking with Peter Ludwig and Adela Schicker. And we're learning all about uh, how to end procrastination and what it is. So with that, let's take a break. 
Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today we have a great opportunity um, to be talking to Peter and Adela, and our topic revolves around their book called The End of Procrastination. And you can find this book at your favorite retailer, um, 321. You can find this book at your favorite retailer, as well as Anna, uh, uh, three, two, one. You can find this book at your favorite retailer, as well as Amazon. There's even an Audible book. And um, going through airports, I know I've seen it um, at the airports as well. So um, it's a great quick read um, that'll give you some insight on yourself. So what I thought we'd start this segment off with is talking about decision paralysis. Um, what is it and why does it have such a negative effect on us? Who'd like to talk about that, Peter or Adela? So I'll, I'll take this part. Um, I think that decision paralysis is one of those little hidden evils. It's, um, you know, people in the old age, they thought that if they have a chance to have as many possibilities, if they, if they can go to a store and pick a lot of groceries or they can have a wide range of selection, that's actually going to lead to their happiness. Meaning if we have plenty, we're going to be happy. The science actually shows us that the more options we have, the greater the decision paralysis. Meaning the greater the stress we have about taking one or another. You must know it. You go to a store and you see 10 bottles of ketchup. Which one is the best brand? Which one are you going to pick? And so it becomes such an irony that we now live in the world where we have so many options. And we actually, instead of picking one thing and being happy with it, because we have so many options, we're unable to pick anything. And this comes to your habits. This comes to, of course, helping procrastination. Because... You have this decision paralysis, what am I going to do? How am I going to start my day? What am I going to wear? What am I going to have for breakfast? And that actually makes you postpone more. Exactly. And we live in a, a world of freedom and in a world of abundance. And, uh, for example, if you go shopping, you don't see just 10 brands of ketchups, but literally like uh, 50. And uh, we experience this kind of paralysis in all aspects uh, of life. Like if you are trying to plan your tasks, you uh, don't know which task is the most important. So uh, it's very difficult to set priorities. And sometimes you have even decision paralysis in choosing our life partner, in choosing uh, what to do, what to study, and so on and so on. So uh, I think that that's uh, one, of cause of, uh, one of the main problems of freedom. Uh, we, we have freedom, but we are unable to choose something. And it leads uh, that at the end, we procrastinate even more and more. So when you think of uh, decision paralysis and all the different personality types that are out there, um, I see it with my clients sometimes uh, where I'll introduce, uh, whether it be an investment strategy or we'll be talking about what are they doing in retirement and making these decisions there are some clients that um, are very open and receiving to the su suggestions and you can tell they're already formulating um, their answer. And there's other that others that will just say, you know what, I'm going to have to think about this. And you can tell we're continually um, reaching out to them to make decisions and they are just frozen. And uh, 
An example that just came to mind is estate planning. When we have um, clients walk through, you know, um, who do they want to receive their legacy or to make health care decisions for them? They are frozen. Um, you know, who will raise their children in the event they pass away? They just cannot make that decision. And they review the options. So are there different personality types that are more prone to procrastination? Um, what are your thoughts on that? As a sign, uh, science uh, caused this uh, overthinking problem. Like, uh, and there are people that are very intelligent and very creative, and they are the biggest procrastinators because they are uh, even creative in uh, coming up to new excuses in front of themselves and so on. So procrastination is really a problem of intelligent, creative people. So uh, it's, it's funny because... If you are a big procrastinator, we have a good news for you. It means that you are intelligent and creative. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll remind my daughter that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and the overthinking problem is, is huge. Yeah? It's uh, like we live in the world full of data. We have information everywhere. Uh, we are like uh, a lot of news coming up from uh, social media, Facebook wall, wall page of it's full of um, half truths, myths, and it's really difficult to choose something. Like uh, we have these kind of problems in uh, health decisions. Like uh, you are sick, yeah, you you have a standard cold, and you really don't know if you uh, should uh, eat, eat uh, fruits or if you should buy some uh, specific products and so on. So sometimes. Uh, we live in the world that uh, it is called like uh, information uh, chaos. Like more information we have, again, uh, more difficult is to choose something and to believe something. So I really like the uh, evidence-based approach. Like for for example, for the field of personal development, there is a lot of good research on motivation, on decision making, and the science knows what to do. But there is a huge gap between what science knows and what people actually uh, do in their everyday lives. So our main mission uh, in our company is to bridge that gap, like to transform the science into practice, into some simple tools that people can use on an everyday basis and improve their lives with some very simple ideas. And I really believe that evidence-based approach is key to survive in this complex world. Like, uh, we have a lot of fake news. We have a lot of uh, misinterpretations. And it's really, really difficult to uh, make decisions, good decisions these days. Well, when you think about um, all the media, the, the information that comes to you that is trying to influence what you should be doing, the pressure um, at home, at work, when you're watching TV on the computer, everybody is telling you, what you should be doing. And um, before we even break this segment and get into um, some more details, talk to me about um, the employee situation where you have those employees like Adela, you were experiencing burnout where you loved your job, you knew what you were doing, um, but you just lost that vision. Do you ever work with um, corporations or do um, speaking engagements at corporations um, to help uh, associates and employees with this challenge? 
Yeah, I mean that you perfectly described what what happened to me. It was the the world of the the corporation, the the the, the need to always perform the best and not having the purpose. And I think that's almost the core of what we do at procrastination.com. We have an institute where us and our um, other colleagues were trying to go to companies, and we have tens of thousands of uh, employees that came through our trainings and we train everybody from startups to the huge international corporations and we're actually trying to teach them how to be motivated at work, how to understand more the purpose and of course how to avoid burnouts that are now just becoming a huge problem throughout throughout the, the you know the global corporations. Well, I would think this would be pretty important for corporations because unemployment is at all-time lows. So our goal, in fact, when I work with corporations, is to provide value and benefits to help retain the employees that are already there. When you think of the cost of um, hiring and firing and retraining, reorganizing, um, it's, it's tremendous. And when you think of teams being put together and all the different personality types, I know here at Ellen Becker Investment Group, um, when we are hired, we go through a cultural index um, conversation and um, test to really determine what our um, personality type is and uh, what other type of personality would we work well with. And co coincidentally, my associate, Sandy Miller, and I, when we took the test, we answered so closely. You could put our results over um, each other, and you wouldn't see any difference. And they were a little concerned about putting us two together because we were so much alike. And, um, you know, five years later, it's been a success story. But um, it's interesting that you have the ability to go into corporations and help individuals um, that are challenged with procrastination or seeing the vision in their job. Um, before, exactly, yeah. before we break, um, describe what that experience is for these corporations or these employees. How do you go into their um, site or do you, you know, share with us a little bit what that looks like? Yes, uh, we try to improve the leadership skills of uh, like all, all people. Like we start from the top level and go uh, down and, uh, in my point that uh, it's to teach them that results are important, but but it's not the only important thing to focus on. So we teach them that what is important is focus on relationships, focus on a good uh, corporate culture, and focus on a real values uh, at work. Like if you really believe in what you do, you do it in a good team, and you have good relationships with your colleagues. Uh, your productivity goes up. So first happiness and then success. And so uh, it's about uh, focusing on path, maybe more than focusing on destination. And there is a beautiful quote about that uh, from Albert Schweitzer that uh, won a Nobel Prize. And it follows like success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you like what you do, you will be successful. And I really love this quote because it uh, really describes the problem of uh, our corporations. Like, they focus only on success, results, KPIs, and they forget about the happiness at work. They forget about the purpose at work. So well, we are teaching them and mostly the uh, leaders, managers, 
to uh, change this kind of behavior and to focus on uh, the soft skills, let's say, to focus on relationships, meaning, purpose, and uh, intrinsic motivation at work. Perfect. And, you know, I have to share, um, when you think of the uh, new generation that's coming in, the millennials and uh, not sure what the younger uh, generation will be called, they are very different than uh, my parents' generation as well as mine, where you went to work, you did your job, and you went home. They are demanding more of the culture, the personality, the appreciation, the fun aspect of work. And so corporations are changing their work environment. Um, here at Ellen Becker Investment Group, we have a relaxation, quiet room. Um, so we're, you're right, we're changing things for that generation. We're going to take a little break. I want to remind everybody, the book is titled The End of Procrastination. And the authors are Peter Ludwig, L-U-D-W-I-G, and Adela Schicker, S-C-H-I-C-K-E-R. And again, you can find this book at your favorite retailer as well as Amazon. Um, and what's cool is there's even an Audible book, so you can listen to it on your way to work. Um, with that, uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And I'm, I was so excited to come in today to interview Peter Ludwig and Adela Schicker about the book that they wrote called The End of Procrastination. Um, again, as we close the prior segment, check it out. It's on uh, Amazon. It's at your favorite retailer. And if you're at the airport, um, I'm sure you'll find it there as well. We're going to get into a little bit um, detail here where we um, are going to talk about finding your personal vision and defining your strengths and um, how do you use them to do meaningful things day to day? Um, so I'm going to open it up to Peter or Adela and ask, um, how do you find your personal vision? What's the first step in that? Yeah, we have some uh, steps before. And uh, I really like the Japanese concept that is called Ikigai. Ikigai is, uh, can be translated in like... Uh, like long-term purpose of life. And uh, it's from Okinawa. Okinawa is an island, uh, Japanese island, that has the longest uh, lifespan around the globe. Uh, people, they really literally live to their 90s and uh, more than uh, 100 years old. And uh, they made a huge research, what is the reason of longevity um, in Okinawa? And uh, the reason is that uh, they have that concept of ikigai. They are trying to find a purpose in life, even if they are retired, even if they are finding uh, what to study, and so on. So we have uh, some questionnaires about ikigai. And uh, first part of ikigai is to find your strengths, like really focus on what you are good at. The second part of ikigai concept is to do what you like. Do things that uh, that uh, give you uh, positive emotions, and psychology call this uh, like state of flow. Yeah, you do something, time stops for you, and you are really focused uh, on what you do in the present moment. So it's the second. So first, our strength. Second is flow, positive emotions, 
And third part of uh, Ikigai concept is uh, uh, doing something beyond you, like doing something that helps the others, doing something uh, that's meaningful for you. For example, you can uh, work in a bank, but you can uh, work in a bank and focus on only money, or you can work in bank and focus on helping your clients to do better um, financial decisions. And it's a huge difference. Yeah, so it's not uh, about the actual job. It's about your attitude to the job. It's about the attitude uh, and finding purpose in what you do. And the fourth part is uh, money. Money is important. Money is important in the way that uh, if you don't have any money, you feel unhappy because you uh, don't have uh, a good living, you don't have a food and so on. So uh, you really should think of doing something that you really like, you enjoy, you see purpose, and it gives you uh, money that you can like live a uh, happy life and so on. So those four concepts together, uh, they call it Ikigai. You can Google the picture because it's beautiful. It's simple, but really to the point. Like if you Google Ikigai, uh, it's spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. And really, the, the simplicity is going to help you put all your life together. Yeah, so it's, it's a concept from Okinawa, and we use it uh, during our, uh, our trainings, our workshops, and people, they love it because uh, it's so simple, but it's uh, so useful. And you can use it when you are 15 years old or if you are 70 years old. It doesn't matter what matters. It's to find uh, this uh, intersection of those four fields. Well, you know, when I read your book, I did, um, I can visualize the chart where it comes to a point, let's say you make an extreme amount of income, you know, $2 million. You know, at a certain point, that extra dollar of income doesn't add any more happiness to your life. And I know you Mm -hmm. expand on that in the book. Yeah, there is there is literally a curve when on one side you have the the effect the money has on your on your happiness and the happiness is you only need a certain amount of money to cover the needs of yours and needs of your close ones and your family and then the money really has no effect on your happiness whatsoever. So it's interesting, even when you look at um, some of the famous quotes from Steve Jobs or other individuals that have faced um life illnesses and before they passed away they reflect on you know i'm a billionaire and um what is the value of that at the end of the day exactly yeah exactly so let's talk about um you know um how the mind works and even when you think of procrastination that whole thing on self-control and strengthening strengthening your willpower um Somebody expand on that. Yeah, so a lot of the time we forget that willpower can be perceived as an actual muscle. Imagine that willpower can be strengthened in time. So if you think that you take certain habits, you try to overcome yourself on a daily basis, you're actually strengthening your willpower muscle. So meaning if you set good habits, if you do everything step by step, for example, like when you do sports, that it's extremely important. You want to start running. You don't need to set up an idea of running a marathon tomorrow, but you need to set up an idea of, okay, I want to start running, 
it fits in my personal vision. It, it fits in my ikigai. I want to be healthy. So how about you just run a little bit tomorrow and then you further the distance and you actually might end up running the marathon, but it's not going to be because you decided to run the marathon tomorrow. It's because you decided to strengthen your willpower in the long term. Therefore, the habit has a chance to set up in your daily basis, in your daily habits, and then you were able to maintain it. It's the same thing as when it comes to mindfulness. Mindfulness, the idea of calming your mind, of meditating five minutes a day, taking a little break for your brain, a little time where you give him a peace of mind, that improves massively. It's all an idea of strengthening your willpower and training it in the long term. And then one day when you forget to do it, when you forget to run, or when you really have a day of procrastinating, just take a step back and start again. And that is the idea of overcoming procrastination in the long term. You're not going to win over it from tomorrow. But if you learn how to strengthen your willpower, strengthen this muscle, and you learn those steps and improve your habits, that's how you're always going to be able to maintain it in the long term. Well, that is... Yeah, that... Overcoming failures is also important. Like, uh, everyone fails. Yeah? It's normal. But uh, what we see is that people, they uh, cannot forgive themselves. So it's very important to do a, a restart line and start again and uh, to forgive yourself. Uh, it's forgive, <coughs> three, two, one, forgivefulness. Forgiveness? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> yeah, forgiveness. Uh, and being nice to yourself is very important. So everyone fails, and overcoming failure is uh, like uh, the cure of uh, having uh, like depressions and negative emotions because yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it's, it's part of the way to success. If, if you see um, uh, Elon Musk, like how many rackets uh, had to fail in the beginning uh, if uh, when they uh, start a company SpaceX uh, it's uh, crazy yeah it's, it, it, it was it was crazy but they start again and they improve themselves and at the end they are super successful these days and the reason was that they were capable of overcoming their failures and learn from them Yep, and I know you make reference to that um, in the book, and that was real, really interesting for me as well. I think we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some tips that you can put into play immediately to um, impact your day and your week. So with that, uh, let's take a short break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Uh, go ahead and visit our website at ellenbecker.com to see some of the information on the markets as well as events that we're going to be hosting in the near future. Um, today we're going to continue our conversation. This is the, the last segment of today's show. Um, it's been a great conversation with Peter Ludwig and Adela Schicker. We are talking about the book called The End of Procrastination. And again, you can get this at Amazon or your favorite retailer. And uh, the best part about this is there's now an audible book, so you can listen to it uh, on your ride into work. But um, I thought I'd end today's um, show talking about um, some tips they can put into place. Be before we jump into that, 
personally, I'd like to know, um, does it take the same amount of time to start good habits as well as break bad habits in regard or in relation to procrastination? Yeah, it's really difficult to say because it really depends on uh, what is that habit. And But uh, the way how to fight bad habits is quite similar to the way how to start with a new good habit. It, it, we really advise people to do it gradually, like not to uh, want to change everything uh, from tomorrow. Like, uh, for example, it's the problem of New Year's resolutions. People, they want to start running tomorrow. They want to start eat healthy. They want to uh, wake up early. They want to stop to postpone their alarm clock in the morning. And at the end, they fail. Failure decreases their self-esteem, and uh, it really increases the chance that they will fail again in the future. So what we really uh, advise to people is start with small steps. And uh, we have a specific tool for that. We call it Habit List, and I love it because I use it for, let's say, six years already, and it really helped me to change my life. And it's a simple table. You set your uh, good habits you want to start with, and you set your bad habits you want to fight. Uh, and uh, every day, you just mark if you pass it or not. So you have your uh, green marker. So if you pass the bar, if you... Uh, com- uh, complete? Yeah, yeah if you succeed. <laughs> three, two, one. If you complete that, uh, you get the green dot. And if you fail, you get the red dot. It's very simple but it's very useful and we have a lot of feedback uh, from our readers around the globe that this method really changed their lives yeah, because it's that's uh, the simplicity uh, really improves to uh, focus what is important. Like science, they, it, it calls it micro habits. Uh, it's uh, not important to change everything day to day, but what is important to force yourself to do small change every day, daily. And uh, there's another Japanese word for that. They call it Kaizen. Kaizen is uh, another Japanese concept we really uh, like. And it means that uh, all samurais, they train themselves uh, on an everyday basis and they try to uh, overcome one of their uh, like negative emotion and uh, to force themselves to start something new and so on. And at the end, if you are focused on small change every day after two weeks after one month you are a bit different and it's sustainable and that's the main difference between a set new year's resolution and try to do everything uh, at once or uh, in the uh, the and the difference between our method the habit list that you are focusing on small small steps on an everyday basis so habit list is a key after you find a personal vision it's good to print your habit list and use it daily, and at the end, you really can uh, be a better person. In all aspects of your life, yeah, you can start running with habit list, you can improve your uh, diet, you can uh, read five pages a day of uh, some uh, important texts for you, and so on and so on. So I really think that that's uh, the core of the book. Well, I thought we'd close <coughs> Excuse me, today's show giving our listeners some ideas and tools that they might be able to put into place today and they can go ahead and buy the book um, to learn about some of these concepts in greater details. So 
if you could um, give us uh, a, a few takeaways from today's conversation. Okay. Um, yeah, the main takeaway is to f uh, try to find intrinsic motivation with uh, personal vision and try to find purpose at work. And second outcome is to train the willpower. Use the habit list and uh, set uh, new habits and focus on small steps. Uh, and those two concepts together, uh, it really can uh, help to fight procrastination in the long term. Yeah. Adela, what, what, do you think, what yeah? better first step than actually to go and buy our book, you know? <laughs> Might sound that cheeky, but that can actually be the first step that changes because as Peter says, the Kaizen method, taking it step by step, this can be a good start. So in the book, exactly. you talk, <laughs> um, and I'm going to kind of dangle this out there a little bit. As we're ready to close today's conversation, I thought I'd give our listeners um, a little insight to um, something you refer to in the book called Eight Profound Tools, or maybe you'd like to talk about four life-changing ideas. Um, and these are some tools that our listeners can put into place right now. Yeah, so you know how a lot of books are either a very heavy text or just a lot of inspiration and you really don't know what to do? Our book is extremely different in the way that throughout the book you read every time you will get a practical tool to put in your everyday life. So if you start reading it after every chapter, you'll get a tool that you can that actually is going to improve your life and that's going to help you in the long term. So not just only you're going to promise to do something, but you're actually going to have a little leading tool that's going to help you to accomplish what you want. Perfect. I want to say thank you for joining us today. Again, Peter and Adela, their book is called The End of Procrastination. Um, check it out at uh, Amazon um, and enjoy it. And again, as Adela mentioned, it is written so well and the concepts are laid out so well, either visually or in written form that you're going to walk away from this book with a changed life. Um, with that, don't forget Money Sense airs on Saturday from 2 to 3 and on Sundays from 12 to 1. As always, we hope that we've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great day. Be well.